Bloody Elbow presents the 6th Round Post-Fight Show, which gives you an event rundown and full analysis of the bouts that took place on the current weekend's UFC event, complete with hot takes, possible next fights, and reactions to the overall card. Paid Bloody Elbow Podcast Substack subscribers will hear bonus content, if available, at the end of the broadcast. Be sure to subscribe at bloodyelbow.substack.com for our newsletter and at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com for our podcast network. Follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at facebook.com slash bloodyelbowblog, and as always, on bloodyelbow.com. Thanks for listening. Here are your Bloody Elbow fight analysts. Hey everybody, welcome back to the 6th Round post Chat Fight Show with me, Zane Simon, and my co-host, as always, Eddie Mercado. We're coming to y'all straight from the close of UFC Vegas 75, Marvin Vittori versus Jared Cannonier. And uh yeah, I guess you can call it a post shite show. <laughs> post shite. Well, hey, look, no, no, no. We, we this is shite. This was all right. This was good. This was good. I will. I will freely admit straight away for anything that this was a much better fight than I thought it would be going in. I thought it would be real nip tuck. Real like simmery. I thought it'd be a lot like Canada or Strickland, where we'd be coming out, walking out of it, going like, "Yeah, it was all right," but you know, turns sure. out Cannonier just man, he showed the fuck up. Yeah, he's he's sipping on whatever Ben Rothwell was that one night, you know, when he had that out of character, voluminous performance. Mm-hmm. This was that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I. Of course, I picked Cannoneer to win by decision, yeah. but yes, it wasn't. But it, it wasn't because of I, I thought he was going to have the volume edge. I yeah. thought he was he was actually going to lose the strike count, but have the bigger moments throughout each round, and because he has the power. And and I I didn't think he would finish Vittori because who's tougher than him? Yeah. But, I, I definitely thought he was going to do the more damage throughout and it, enough in each round to sway the judges. But damn, he set the fucking UFC middleweight stri- significant strike count record. Yeah, that was wow. That Best was, performance from Cannoneer ever. That wasn't a brutal finish. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, if you're talking like. Yeah, you're talking the Strickland win. That Brunson win, obviously, as you say, it wasn't a brutal finish. The Kelvin Gastelum fight. He's had a lot of brutal finishes, in fact, in most of his wins. But yeah, pretty much the best decision performance of his career, the most complete performance of his career. Yeah, and what's wild is, I mean, he he had to go through some serious early adversity there in that first yeah. round. Like He almost got knocked out twice. Yeah. And... Somehow he was able to weather the storm and gut it out and just emptied it. Well, I thought he emptied his gas tank there in the second when he rallied back there with like 90 landing, 90 significant strikes in the second. And then I was like, man, there's no way he's going to keep that going in the third or the fourth or the fifth. But sure as shit, that dude's gas tank. Yeah. Wow. That was impressive. That was really impressive. We're talking like one of the rare, the rare UFC fighters older than me. And he's out there, like, putting up Max Holloway numbers on on Marvin Vittori. He's 39. That's, That's insane, man. It is insane, honestly. And 
I mean, I hope before his career is over, I hope he gets another title shot because he's put himself in that kind of position. He, you know, he went out there, he turned it up, he made a great fight, and it'd be fun to see him go out and get another shot. It's just too bad for him that the the Adesanya fight was so one-sided in favor of the champ because then you, you look at this this great performance like oh man i want to see it i want to see him get that other shot you know i want to see him ride off into the sunset with like one more moment of glory it's like i can also see why israel Adesanya would be like i'm not fighting that dude again i don't i don't need to do that you know yeah true however this version of jared cannoneer uh, yeah like i said that- i you know, Izzy might be like, okay, um, since I'm lapping the division, yeah, no kidding, I, I might as well. Either way, an amazing performance for him, really great, and they should go and they should find whatever, like, the UFC should go out and like stud farm Marvin Vittori because like, whatever the genetics going on there are, that is how you you build the toughest dudes on the planet. Absolutely. I don't know yeah. if it's something in the water in Italy. I don't even know if they drink water in Italy, but now this has to be some like deep rooted Roman sacrifice. <laughs> you know, this is someone had to had to go on an altar. You know what I he, mean? He he is an earth elemental made man who's been alive for like five thousand years. And it's come back and is like returned to battle once again. Not that, not that fast, not that powerful, but absolutely impossible to destroy. Yeah. The durability is off the charts. It really is insane at this point. Like and not just not just his durability, just his resolve in general. For him to just get the piss beat out of him all over the octagon for the bulk of five rounds, but still be there to the very last bell, throwing and trying and doing what he thought he could, whatever he he could muster up in his in his brain, and yeah, I, I respect that. I, yes, he he has resolve, but uh, I hope you listeners out there checked out the bloody elbow betting odds going into this because you you picked you said uh, by decision. I, I I saw Cannoneer by decision at plus three hundred, and I was I I was shocked. I I was shocked with considering how tough Vittori is, and the fact that neither and the um I think the over was also or no just just winning by a decision or the fight going the distance was minus one seventy, and I was like, what? Yeah, that's, that's fantastic odds. It's I a mean, little bit of juice, but that's fantastic. You combine you combine Vittori's toughness with the fact that he has literally not he's finished one fight in the UFC wait no two his last time and they were both by submission the last one was Carl Roberson <laughs> and before that it was his UFC C debut against Alberto Uda and like the combination of the insane durability and the insane lack of finishing ability how like what do you what do you expect is going to happen? It has to go five rounds. It has to. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. No. There. There was money to be made here, clearly, and man, but just what a performance from Jared Cannonier. Like I said, yeah. I was really expecting this to be a low simmer 
five rounds, just like pecking away. Yeah, okay. Marvin Vittori landed three strikes. Jared Cannonier landed two. Jared's were a little bigger. I think I'm leaning that way. That kind of thing. Instead, it was just Jared Cannonier putting the absolute shit kicking screws to Marvin Vittori for five rounds. Well, four and, rounds. Oh, four right rounds, here. yeah. 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 At the it, end, four four rounds in a minute. The the right. last minute around one, you were already like, "Oh, he's coming back." Yeah. This is and and the I feel like the narrative going in, at least with the broadcast, was you know, yeah, they're they're kind of in very similar places, but very mm-hmm. different parts in their career. Cannoneer's thirty nine, Vittori's yeah. twenty nine, or something like that. Yeah, Vittori's crazy young still. He is, in fact, only twenty nine. Um, like he definitely has the, the youth advantage. Um, but I didn't think he had the technical advantage coming into this. No, Like he's tough and he's a go-getter and it's never fun. He's got that moxie. He's definitely has the moxie. I dig his moxie for sure. Um, but he's not like some crazy technical. And, and what actually surprised me more than anything else is him not mixing in the takedowns. Like he, he wasn't, I feel like that's a big part of his game at, or yeah. at least clinching. And he really wasn't interested in that. If anything, yeah, I mean, he's, it, it just, was... he's never been that much of a shot artist. You look at Marvin Vittori's career and most of the time his takedowns have been, his wrestling has been successful. It's when other people start out trying to wrestle him. And then he can outscramble them. Like the Carl sure. Roberson fight, Carl Roberson actually started out trying to take Marvin Vittori down to end up in that position. Right. And I mean, Jerry Cannonier did try to take Marvin Vittori down, but he also just succeeded. Like <laughs> by the time he got his wrestling going, Vittori was so concentrated on all the punches he didn't want to eat that he had no time for the takedowns yeah. to, to block him. Man, that so. pace. What a yeah. game plan, too, from Cannoneer. Shout out to John Crouch. Yeah. There, that was... That's some MMA lab brainstorming right there. Man. Mm-hmm. You're going to come out and outpace Vittori? Yeah. Southpaw thing? Eh, a little shaky on that. Yeah. A little yeah. shaky on the Southpaw. Every time he went to that, he got cracked. He was doing this thing where he'd go Southpaw, and he would... St- he would try to enter the pocket to set up his southpaw combination, but he wasn't as comfortable with the combinations from range. So he'd step in and freeze for a second. And every single time he did that early, he just got clubbed. So it was good True. that he he made that correction really fast and only went to it for a second to throw kicks from that point forward and otherwise right. stayed out of it all the time. Well, to throw kicks and also give give someone who's not traditionally the smartest fighter some uh inputs to have to deal with and, sure, and sure, equate yeah. for so add another like i have three apples you eat two how many apples <laughs> <Right>. are left <laughs> <Kind of thing. laughs> yeah smart performance from cannoneer gritty performance high energy performance yeah it's a good makes fight me, makes me want to see him sooner like absolutely honestly you know Cards like this, we, we say it all the time, it's all about the main event for, like, how good you feel coming out of a card. I'm walking out of this, and I'm like, man, that was cool. Like, yeah. That was great. I had a great time. Fantastic fight. It was, yeah. it was I guess the overall card, it was a, it was a roller coaster <laughs> for me. It was, like, all or nothing. <laughs> oh, no, I just read the comments. 
Oh no! <laughs> Jared beat Marvin like Jared beat him like Marvin was trying to vaccinate him. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yes. Please don't beat people that try no. to vaccinate you. Okay. Let's uh let's jump over to this this lightweight bout in the co-main event. Armand Sarikin, uh, Joe Kim Silva. Weird fight for Sarikin to to take. Uh, I mean, I understand he's saying. Like, he came out afterward, he's saying, I couldn't get anybody to fight me. I'm also sure he probably really wants to keep getting paid and keep having paychecks coming. Like, he hadn't fought since December. So, six months is, you know, like, that's a long time to sit on the shelf if you if you want to be active. So, he's saying, I want to fight on this date. Nobody else in the rankings is ready to jump in there and fight on a fight night card. Armand Saryukin. Sounds like a real losing proposition. In the apex of all places. Yeah, in the dusty, apex. That dusty bitch. Yeah, exactly. I hate so that fucking place. I can understand why Saryukin took this fight with uh, Joe Kim Silva, but it almost, almost cost him in the worst way. Like he had that. He went right out, did exactly what he should do. Just bulldozed Silva for the first round. And then he gets out there and second round. He's like, you know what? I can kickbox with this guy too. That's fine. And it was mostly fine for like 85, 95% of that round. And then he got absolutely crushed by two hooks. And the rest of the fight, third round, all wrestling. No, no more of this like, I'm going to stay outside at range and try and pick my shots with you is just pure pressure from that point out. Which it should have been, period. Yeah. I mean, yeah. But I, I totally get it, you yeah. know, especially after that first round. You're like, this guy doesn't even belong anywhere close to me. Like, he he's way out of his league, so I might as well stunt on the feet. And Yeah. Nah, it, it that didn't work out, you know. No. Well, it did, but like you were saying – yeah, it, it it really almost cost him a fight. That would have been a low IQ moment. Um, it really would. But it, I, it was... I, I do like that he forced the issue in the third and got the finish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that that was like a people saying point. People saying that this was like a bad look for him. Personally, I think it was like, you know, he got out there. He tried to have. He tried to do something. And tried to, you know, he tried to go out and knock Silva out and get the 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 flashy knockout standing. He wanted to get the big highlight. So you can never been like a great power striker. It's not the high point of his game. True, but but I mean, traditionally Silva gets knocked out, right? Like True. That's that's how he's yeah. been beaten. But uh, you know, so that was not a great look. But it's not like he just. He bounced back from extreme adversity right away and still, like, went right back to the game plan and got the finish. To me, you know, that's still a pretty impressive... Like, you're still very clearly an elite lightweight fighting that kind of fight. You may, you know, will it be a title contender fighting that kind of fight? That's a different weight. It's a different kettle of fish. But... Yeah, but he hasn't been a title contender yet already. So this is just sort of, you know, this is this is kind of exactly what got this is what gave him the problems in the Gamrot fight that he still needs to fix. And in the first Makachev fight, which is that if you can have a really heavily contested 
grappling match with Armand Sayukin, you're not he's not necessarily gonna dominate you to the point standing up that he's a clear round winner. You know, he doesn't have the huge power. He doesn't have the super slick clinical striking. But we already knew that it's not hugely changed, but he's still clearly a major problem everywhere else. Huge problem. And I mean, yeah. he's still dangerous on the feet. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, like much like what Cannoneer did in the main event, you know, it's a, like it's a fight. Like shit happens. You're mm-hmm. going to get hit. You're going to get rocked. Like that's just what it is. So I think it's a, I think it's huge to see see people go through that. And like you were saying, like immediately recover and regain control of the fight, like yeah. immediately and then just dominate from from there on out. And, and the great thing, too, was coming out in round three and clearly just being pissed off at himself and fighting like it. Like he, he came out there and he was just like, OK, no, I should just smash this guy. I'm going to go out there. And he just ripped him to the mat and just started smashing it. And it's just like you, this is no. You'll see that from elite I mean, yeah. elite fighters, they have that sort of pride, you know, and this is all sports. Michael Jordan has this or had this. I mean, this is um, Mokayev. Remember when when he uh-huh. got knee barred and refused to submit, refused uh-huh. to tab and got pissed off and embarrassed and went out and with one leg strangled his opponent? Like yep. that kind of that kind of. um I don't. I'm not even it's sure. It's like competitiveness. It's a like competitive drive. It's, it's sure, like sure. I can't be. If if you beat me at something, it's not going to make me cowed. It's not going to make me feel like oh I I I lost. I'm you know like going right. to throw a fit about this. It's like no 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 no. You can't you can't beat me like that. I will prove immediately. Prove I, you could even say it's like the same kind of thing that Ronda got Ronda Rousey knocked out by Holly Holm. It's like she's getting. She's getting clipped up and she's like, no, no, no. I'm just like doubling down. I'm going to run after you and I'm going to make this up. Like it has its downsides too, but it is that like, (laughs) you know, it is that elite competitive drive of like, no, no, no. I'm too used to winning to lose like this. Yeah. I I love it. Yeah. It's it's not a, it's not a common trait to be quite Mm -hmm. honest. No, I have none of that competitive drive personally at all. Uh, so yeah, afterwards, you know, he's obviously he's still targeting Makachev out there. Talked about maybe a fight with Dariush. I'd love to see that, but not until December. Yeah, you know, I get that too. He doesn't want to wait that long. I really wish I had any clue what the hell the UFC is going to do with Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler. Oh, you know what they're going to do. They're going to string Chandler along for as long as they can, and, and then they're going to go, "Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah." Oh, whoops, we can't actually make this fight happen. Ghana's got some stuff going on. We're not legally able to talk about it. That kind of thing. Yep. Yeah. So maybe maybe Tariqin will be ready to step in and take that fight if, in, in three months when Chandler really finally figures out that they're not going to give him the McGregor bout. And that's a fantastic fight. Yeah, no, it would be awesome. be a hell of a lot of fun. I mean, Michael Chandler can sure as hell do what Joe Kim Silva did. Yeah, and not get taken down. Maybe. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I want to see. I want to see it happen. So I definitely would love to see that fight. We'll see if we'll see what the UFC sorts out on that. That brings us to a middleweight bout. Armin Petrosian, 
Christian Leroy Duncan. I was buying into the Duncan hype a little bit going into this. I'm like, man, this guy's a great athlete. He's dynamic, moves well. I think the ceiling is high if he can put something bigger together. This was a real bloom off the rose performance for for him, honestly. Like, he had a round where he kind of made some stuff. He he, he looked like he was going to make some stuff happen. And then after Petrosian just figured out, like, oh, okay, when you spin three times, you're not actually going to land anything on me. I should just march you down and hit you. It really, Duncan did not have a solution to get back into this fight. No, he seemed surprised that Petrosian was allowed to counterpunch. Yeah. He's like, what is this? He just, he he was not getting cowed and like shocked out of doing anything by like, oh, wow, that spin was really big. I should just wait and see what you do next. Instead, he was just like, what if I just hit you? Oh, okay, that worked. Guess I'll just do that again. I think my reason for picking Petrosian Petrosian is that he's, I could trust what I was going to get out of him. Yeah, like he, he's got a very, I mean, I don't want to call him basic, but a, a fundamental game. It's, well, it's very pumpkin spice latte. Yeah, well, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. It's well, it's more than seasonal, but yeah, I, yeah, I see yeah, what okay. you mean there. Yeah. Um, but the fundamentals won him this fight. Yeah, it's it's fundamentals. You got one guy spamming twirls. <laughs> You know, the, Doing the his, whole... his ribbon, like rhythm, rhythmic <laughs> gymnastics routine out there. Yeah, or like the glow stick stuff. I, yeah, yeah. Either way, um, it it's like um, it's almost like a wish version of Michelle Pereira. It, well, it's the <laughs> Michelle Pereira who lost to Tristan Connolly. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because yeah. Michelle Pereira used to be a wish version of Michelle Pereira. You hope this is the wake up <laughs> moment. For Duncan that Pereira had when he lost to Conley, where it's just like, okay, I really did not need to lose that fight. Maybe I should settle down and actually sit on a jab every now and then and see what happens. Because Pereira did that, and suddenly he's winning winning all his fights, you know? Yeah, I mean, sure, there's hope. He's young, so there's time. Um, I think the athleticism is there. It's just... But that's what that's kind of what bothers me though is is that's his whole game. Sure, yeah. He's like being athletic and as that starts to go, the lack of of basic one twos, hooks is, is going to show. Especially just, in the defense. His defense is so is is the opposite yeah. of what you teach. Like it's very in, just instinctual and I mean, the thing with being an athlete like that is a there's always like the time to change is so much longer. Like you can you can make minor adjustments. You can be 35 and be like, oh yeah, actually I get it now. I'll just do this instead. And it's like, oh wow, you're still you're still faster than 75 percent of the guys out there. That made a huge difference, you know. Yeah, you, you get more runway to to figure stuff out. Might not might never happen, but it's a lot easier to make those little like. Oh yeah, it was just a. If I fight a little bit calmer and I'm twice as fast as everybody, suddenly everything's way easier. So no, I get it. I understand what you mean, but yeah. I just, I, I just don't think he has a solid foundation to. No, he doesn't. He, he certainly does not have the solid foundation. And like I say, this was 
for me, I was getting into the, I was getting into the buying the hype. I'm like, oh, I can see it. I can see. Cause when I was scouting prospects years ago and all that, and way back in the day, the whole thing that you always look, I always looked for the first thing you, I lo- looked for more than any fundamentals or wrestling or striking or grappling or whatever is can a fighter do something once every fight where I'm watching? I'm like, how did they do that? I, how did somebody do like that? You know, it was, it was like uh, watching, um, oh man, the uh, big Dagestani light heavyweight title contender, Uncle Iev, mm-hmm. in one of his early fights. I was watching him and he was like, not he, he he like slipped or fell down or something and he hit like a power double leg off his ass on the mat and i'm just like how the hell did you do that that's serious athleticism that you can't teach you know nobody can nobody's gonna construct that for you over time right and duncan has that but sure so i was and to get and, uh, and that's that's great for running yeah. through the regional scene yeah right but yeah. when you actually face athletes who have the technique, yeah. you're not just you can't just go. It's 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 like it's a lot of flair for nothing. Mm-hmm. It's you got to bring more. Yeah. So it it was definitely like I say, this is a bloom off the rose thing. I was getting a little hyped. Now I'm gonna be more like, okay, well, let's when you learn a jab, come back and we'll talk and. Maybe I'll I'll be like big on your next fight after that. Sure. Or but, uh, or come out and do some Raymond Daniels style tornado kick and knock someone out. And like, okay, well, yeah, yeah actually land the five one of the five tornado kicks you threw in this fight. You know. Yeah. But uh, Petrosian, he's coming out of this calling like, oh, I'm ready for the top fifteen. I'm ready for the top fifteen. You know. I don't know about that. Bless he's his still- heart. Bless his heart, Zane. He's still a very for a dude his size. He still does not have much power as a kickboxer at all, which is worrying at middleweight. Yeah, uh, that could cost him. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, mate, fuck it, dude. Give it to him. Sure. Let him see. Let him see. Exactly. It, it was whatever you get out of this. It was an ugly. It was actually a pretty ugly fight, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Anyway, let's talk about another fight, a not ugly fight. Pat Sabatini at featherweight with Lucas Almeida. And uh, yeah, Pat Sabatini, I, I mean, he did the smart thing, which is I'm, I'm getting worried that he's forgetting how to strike in the UFC because everybody's so much more dangerous that he can't afford to be as bad as it, as he was coming in. But if you're not going to strike, this is the way to fight. Like, don't... Don't mess around. Don't be Jimmy Flick down here on the prelims spending like three minutes having a kickboxing match with Alessandro Costa before you're like, oh, you know what? I should probably shoot a takedown. Sabatini just went out there and just immediately like, okay, pushing you to the cage. Here's the double leg taking you down. Not messing around with any of this. And he brutalized Almeida. It was, uh, just like what Saryukian did in that opening uh-huh. round, come out and and don't fuck around. Just yeah. do do dance with the one that brought you, right? Yep. And Sabatini did that, and man, God, 
This was a shit kicking, dude. Oh yeah, no, this, Almeida was not ready for that kind of ground attack. Was uh, did, is is Sabatini having marital problems or something, Zane? That I'm not aware of because <laughs> that kind of ferocity and and that's anger, right. That that reeks of uh, that, trouble that's in paradise. Some, yeah, that's some, some divorce <laughs> energy right there. <laughs> that's we, big we, divorce energy <laughs> for sure. Uh, yeah, this was just a total ass beating. It really was. Um, honestly, I think that um, I think Almeida just wanted out of this fight. Oh and yeah, he was I mean, just getting the piss beat at him so bad that he realized there was an arm triangle there, and he was like, "Oh, well, let me spin into this and get the fuck out of here." <laughs> and I don't blame him. No, I don't blame him at all. He, man. His career as a power kickboxer who knew some back take jujitsu. It did not set him up for this fight at all. No, like, he, he got pantsed on yeah, the ground. This was not going to be a rewarding performance for him, and I would not blame him at all if he just was like, you know, at this point, I'm just going to roll around a little and whatever happens, happens. So, great win for Sabatini. Bounce back for him. Rough, rough loss for Almeida, but, you know, not, not really any surprises shaken out of that. Lightweight bout Manuel Torres, Nicholas Mata, and like a minute into this, I was like, man, this I really thought this fight would be a car crash coming right out of the gate. Like Mata loves to brawl, Torres loves to brawl. These two are being a little tentative. Not really, you know, where, <laughs> where's the where's the violence? Like 30 seconds later, Mata is out cold, just planked on the canvas. Brutal KO from Torres. Okay. And a brutal a brutal fight because yeah. Moda actually rocked Torres. Yeah. He rocked him hard. Uh, Torres got caught with his chin just exposed after a combination. And I was like, uh oh. Yeah. I might have I might have had this one wrong. Oh shit. <laughs> Here we go. But man, I didn't see the elbow coming. Not shocked, even. shocked that it landed. It was a brilliant move at a, at the perfect time, and holy shit, dude! Is Mata still sleeping? Because yeah, I mean that, that yeah, was like one of the Matt Brown elbows. You you say you you say you didn't see it coming, but Nicholas Mata really did not see that coming. And Mm-mm. yeah, I mean that was a big reason I picked Mata. As, as somebody in the comments noted, he loves to. He's a better technical fighter than. Torres like he the reason he hurt him right away is because Torres was just trying to like straight line run in on him and Mata was just clubbing him for it but he loves to brawl and he has been knocked out before and Torres is a natural born brawler like accurate fast keeps his keeps his eyes open in the pocket so he's really aware even when his Mm -hmm. defense isn't bad and yeah, like he's got the natural, the natural feel for that kind of fight to pick an elbow like that and just be like, oh, nah, you won't see this coming at all. I, I got this dialed in. Yeah, bad intentional. Like he he is, man. He's a that violent Dominic, man. That's a Dominic Cruzism right there. Oh, sure, sure. Bad intentional. He is, man. He's fierce. Like, this yeah. guy is fierce. He's got the fire. Yep. 
Fun Tons fight. Of fun. Tons Brute, of fun, I, I feel bad for Mata because I like the kid. He's another kid. I scouted him way back in 2014. I was like, man, I like this guy's game. He's got this, like, shoot-a-box kind of style. He's got some good power Muay Thai. He's got some nice technique. I can see him working on it. And he's been plugging away, being a pretty decent technical striker out there forever. But the durability just isn't there. No. But and to that's... be fair, no one's durability outside of Marvin Vittori. Is yeah, there outside of Marvin Vittori. Elbow. That no. elbow was intense. Yeah. All right. That brings us to a welterweight bout. Nicholas Dalby, Muslim Salikov. I was very worried for the first round of this fight because Dalby's out there and he's like slow paying it, playing it. Having a very, you know, like clunky, even very clunky performance in the first very round. clunky, even paced kickboxing distance perform fight with Muslim Salakov. And it's like that's not the fight you have with this guy, Dolby. You're not, you're not going to out kickbox Salakov. It's just not going to happen. Then he kicked him in the head, and I had to eat my words, and. Then he turned up the pace double for all the rest of the fight, and that was that was all she wrote. Dolby just took it over after that. He kicked him in the head. Like what? Yeah, <laughs> you're the king of kung fu. More like the king of kung fu jin. <laughs> you see what I did there, saying? I'm that sorry. So I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But Dolby's kicking people in yeah. the head. Come on. I man. love Nothing, to see it. Nothing's right right now. Love love rooting for that dude. Love his story. Love his success. Another old dude getting it done, you know? He's 38 out there. Making making waves. Man, Being a is, cardio king. He is the most heavyweight welterweight I've ever seen. <laughs> I swear to God. He is so large. Like his skull is yeah. like, it, it rivals Bigfoot Silva. Like he's it's got a cranium true. on him. He he is a large man at welterweight, and uh, but yeah, he's climbing. You know, he, he's not like climbing his way into the rankings, really. But he's climbing to the point that like he can get some fights like that. He can pick away at the edges. He can get a. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm starting to think he's Marcin Tibera. Like maybe just, he just like hits a hard weight cut and then moonlights as Nicholas Dalby. Yeah, and then like in the winter time, he puffs. That's back right. Out he, and... That's right. He he goes and he Tybura raids the streams, fills up on salmon and berries, and then he fights at heavyweight. But in the in the summer months, when he's out chasing deer across the tundra, he's down. He's down there as Nicholas Dalby at welterweight. That's right. I think we're on to him. Yeah. Somebody asking is Canyon defying age or is that middleweight? It's both like he is defying age. 39 is a remarkable point to be well, having a performance like that. Well, no, 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 no. Maybe on the surface, but if you really look at it, let's not forget he's a heavyweight. His Does shelf life? Yeah, up. that's true. He He's just got the, the heavyweight shelf life. That's really all it is. A former heavyweight fighting down at uh, middleweight. And he's just got that, he's got that style now. 
Yeah. But so um, let, let that be a lesson to all the all the chubby or heavy set heavyweights that could drop down, not necessarily to middleweight, but yeah, come yeah. on now. That's right. You could have a longer career, maybe. That's right. Otherwise, it's also just like they did a I can't remember. It was like morning combat went and did the stats or something, or they took it from somebody on Twitter. I think I found the original tweet. And like over 170 pounds, guys over 35 are like they're basically like even. It was like 70 and 70 in title fights. And under 170 pounds, they're like two and fifty in title fights. If you're 35 or over, the only two wins were uh both Tyron Woodley. I guess like, that makes sense though, right? Like the smaller yeah. guys are faster and that yeah. accounts for more. So when you get older and that starts to go, it means more. Yeah. Versus at heavyweight, it's durability and power. But the dividing yeah. line is middleweight to welterweight. Welterweight and Hard. under and middleweight and over. So anyway, uh that brings us to a flyweight bout. Alessandro Costa, Jimmy Flick, and as previously mentioned. This was bad news for Jimmy Flick. He's another Shite dude show. I love. I, I love his everybody. story. Yeah, I love his story. I want to root for him, but you can't have that little striking in the modern flyweight division. You know, he's like a throwback two thousand four flyweight. You know, dude. I thought it was Dustin Hazlett out there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because and and you can't have that little striking and not have the immediate only thing you try to do be take somebody down. Like we saw Pat Sabatini there, featherweight. He's not screwing around. You saw Armand Sarukin even at lightweight. He's not screwing around because when he did, he almost got clubbed. Mm -hmm. And Jimmy Flick came out there against Alessandro Costa, who is bigger who's more bricked up, who's got heavier hands, who's got hard kicks, who's got a not a complicated but a confident kickboxing game. And he just sat in front of him for like two or three minutes before he tried his first takedown. It's just like you can't you can't spend your time like this. You, you can't get stuck out there with this dude and get dropped by leg kicks. Yeah. You got really badly chewed up. This was so. this was uh this was a stunting. <laughs> yeah. Costa, he took Flick's lunch money, man. He really did. So, good fight for Costa. Love to, you know, love to see him get a nice bounce back after having to fight Amir Al-Bazi in his debut. But for Flick, I hate seeing the, the redemption story go this way, you know. That's the fight game, man. Yeah. These are, these are this is the UFC. These, these are top tier athletes and flick is not yeah combat sports are an unkind place you can't you can't you can't be a flyweight that's not hyper athletic and expect to succeed at this level can't, can't do it never seen can't, it you can't be a flyweight who isn't hyper busy too like the flyweights sure. that have succeeded at all while not being hyper athletic the rare ones that have like not even gotten to the title or something like that, but have just stuck around the division and like had some fun fights for a while. 
they're busy. They throw a shitload of offense all the time. They strike a ton. They move a ton. They scramble a ton. You can't be slow-paced and watching your work out at range at flyweight. Somebody's going to dial you up. And it's, it sucks having a jujitsu game at flyweight. That's probably yeah. the, the worst division for it. It really is. Everybody scrambles like crazy in that division. All right. That brings us to a bantamweight fight. Kyung, uh, Kyung Ho Kong against Christian Quinones. And yeah. sharp, sharp performance for uh, from uh, Kyung Ho Kong here. Like, Quinones caught him with a shot or two, but... Connor was really talking this up on the Viv section. I watched, I saw it a little bit on tape. I wasn't, you know, I was like, yeah, Connor, his jab looks sharp. His his kicking game looks sharp. But Connor was like, you know, his his hands, his boxing in general has really tightened up a ton. And, did, you know, it showed here, like, the moment Kinones got wild at all and thought like, oh, I hurt this guy a little bit. I got one big shot on him. I'm going to go in there and storm him. Kong was super tight, super technical off the back foot, just slipping, landing counters, and just absolutely crushed him with that club and sub. And so, I mean, I think my biggest thing here was Kong's just strength of schedule was just at such a higher level. Like yeah. Kong was in the UFC before Quinones even made his pro debut. Mm-hmm. Like there's no, and he hasn't fought anybody since. Like that that made me yeah. think. I was actually shocked that he was an underdog in this one. Yeah, I picked I picked Kong too, and I was I was surprised he was an underdog. I think people just he's always been a fighter that it feels like all the tools are there, but he hasn't always put them together. You know, you're watching him, you're like. Okay, you can easily compete with Hani Yaya, but you're letting him drag you into the worst fight that you're gonna lose, you know. Sure. You can easily compete with Ricardo Hamosh, but you're you keep letting him off the hook and letting him have whatever fight you, he wants, kind of thing. And so it's easy, been easy to underrate him, but if you actually just watch the moment to moment, fight to fight, skill progression he's made, it's like, you know. There's nothing this dude does poorly enough that I would just pick Christian Canones to go out there and storm him. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Strong performance from him. I hope he gets to fight more often. He's saying he wants to make a run up the division. He's He's got the resume. He doesn't lose that often. The time is now. Like, yeah, he's the time is moves. now. Yeah. He's, he's been around forever, over a decade in the UFC, like at the elite level. Mm-hmm. Put this man up in there. Let's see, is there anybody at the bottom of the rankings at at Bantamweight that I would say, like, oh, they should just line him up for that fight? Maybe, uh, well, I mean, Jonathan Martinez is down there. Hell, Jonathan Martinez or Chris Gutierrez or Adrian Yanez, any of those fights, honestly. They all sound fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, this was Uh, fun, though. This was a fun fight for as long as it lasted. Absolutely. All right. Let's jump down here to this flyaway bout. Carlos Hernandez, Dennis Bondar. And, okay, I'm going to 
I'm going to flat out admit on this one, my read on this fight was totally wrong because <laughs> I was absolutely sure that Bondar was strong enough to bully Hernandez with takedowns. Yikes. And Oof. physicality. That you couldn't have, yeah, yeah. That was the opposite of what Ab- happened. Absolutely not the move. Absolutely not the pick. He absolutely could not control Hernandez for even a second. And then he was relegated to having a kickboxing match where it was just Hernandez lands three or four strikes to every one or two Bondar throws. And it really didn't matter how much Bondar tried to up his pace or up his output or put power on his strikes because he doesn't have he didn't have the hands to knock Hernandez out. Hernandez is super tough. And he is not comfortable enough putting together combinations that he couldn't up his pace by throwing in rhythm the way Hernandez could. So he could only be like, oh, here's a one-two. I guess I'll try to throw another one-two really fast. But every time you throw a one-two, Hernandez is going to throw four strikes. You're right. not you're not going to ever be able to catch up fighting like that. Well, it's, it seems like the way Bondir throws his strikes is he has like a certain way that he likes to set them up mm-hmm. to where he flows into them better. Yeah. And so whether or not that's the right move to make or the right setup, he's still going to do it. And yeah. it doesn't, it does, it doesn't flow. And a good way to combat that is your basic fundamentals, jab, cross hook, boom, just right down the middle. Mm-hmm. And, all this shucking and jiving just to land a leaping hook, it's it's a big waste of time and it gets you pieced up and dinked from the outside. Yeah. Now but we yeah, <laughs> the fuck shit. The <laughs> fuck shit. Oh my god, this is the absolute worst fucking decision I've ever seen in my fucking life. Holy <laughs> shit. A, I was oh I, man. <sighs> this should be this should be this should be one of the greatest knockouts of all time. This should be one of the greatest knockouts of all time. And instead, it's going to go down in the record books as a fucking technical decision. Go ahead, Zane. Defend it. I'm not going to defend it. I'm not going to defend it. It's, it. It is wild, honestly, to have a throw like that and try to manage and minutia your way through the idea of a head clash on a throw like that. Like if you're going to let two people throw themselves, put themselves in motion like that, you're, you gotta be prepared for, you know, you gotta be allow for the, the physical chaos that comes out of that. You can't be like, Oh, it's okay for you to throw this guy onto the back of his skull but it's not okay for your foreheads to clash while you do it. Yeah, it's that's it's silly. It's dumb. Well, first of all, there's there's like five seconds left left in the fight. Hernandez is already up, already has it won, right? Yeah. He clinches up and hits this gorgeous throw. And when he lands, his head happened to land on uh on top of Bondaire's head. Mm-hmm. Uh very much like if you ever seen Randy Couture fight Gabriel Gonzaga. Same thing happened in the first round. Randy comes out, fucking scoops him up, drops him. 
Randy's head lands right on Gonzaga's nose and busts it open. The rest of the fight, Gonzaga can't breathe because he's bleeding through his nose. Did anyone say, oh, clash of heads? Nah, it's like, damn, you got fucking slammed, dude. And that's what the fuck happens. So for this to be taken away and like reviewed, this is this is like a growing pain. This is the downside of video replay in MMA because this is splitting hairs. This is bullshit. This is the same thing. This is the same thing about bitching because a strike landed to the back of the head while standing up. Yeah. It's the same thing. Like that it should is. never ever be called. This is yeah. horseshit. This is absolute horseshit. Like anyone who defends this is is an asshole. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I just hope that they actually gave Hernandez a bonus anyway. That would be my only thing. It's like if you're gonna if the UFC is gonna hold performances over people, uh, certainly they did not officially. Bonuses went to Jared Cannonier versus Marvin Vittori in the main event, well deserved, and it went to Manuel Torres and Alessandro Costa. Both of those, um, well, you know, I'm a little sad. Kyung Ho Kong didn't get the bonus there. The, the sure, Alessandro Costa. So getting the low, low kick TKO, I guess. But, like, Jimmy Flick fought such a terrible fight that I don't really, you know. Right. Yeah. This was the coolest knockout on the card. Yeah. And it's, it's, a, it's a robbery. It's a, it's a performance bonus robbery. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a... I can't believe this, man. This is yeah. the softest thing I've ever seen. Like that's, if if you can if you can knock people out by slamming them like that, fucking do it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they need to readdress the rules and put it in there to where it's legal. Well, the, the worst part is too, honestly, and I I don't want to get too deep in this because I I mean the, the right the right guy won at the end of the day. Um, but the worst part of it is too is had he just kept his head head to head with him all the way through, if their heads had just stayed together all the way through when they hit the mat. There would be no clash of heads called, right? You know, yeah. It's like trying to escape an arm bar and you put your knee on their face. Yeah, it's not and a the, knee to the head. No, but you could put all your weight on the knee on their face mm-hmm. or head. It's yeah. All this right. pissed me off, Zane. I'm. Gonna, it did. I'm. I'm. You were mad. You're this mad. is insane, dude. You're this guy just up. got robbed of a highlight of. No one's going to remember that this was one of the greatest knockouts of all time. This should be plastered on all the top whatever highlights of – this was sweet, man. That's a five-point throw. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Moving on. Woman's flyweight bout, Teresa Bleda, Gabriela Fernandez. Now, I had to spend the whole night getting flamed up and down the, the internet for this because – even though I knew Blada was going to win at 30-27, I think this fight should go to Fernandez. Like, just like out of principle? Like, what do you mean? I, out of the damage in round one due to the low kicks, I don't give a shit about the crummy top control that Blada had at the end of round one or for the second half of round one. That doesn't mean anything to me. And then you look at round three, and Blada got absolutely lit up for the first half of that round. She landed some good ground and pound over the second, but I think there's an argument, at least, to be made to me that Fernandez did the more damage, did more damage in two rounds of that fight. 
Well, you also scored Albazi over care of France, so there's that too. Look, I'm not saying <laughs> that I'm above ab- above making mistakes here. This isn't my my argument that I am infallible. I'm just saying when I see people want to give fighters or fights like the Teresa Plata had when they want to score that, I'm like, yeah, I got Who'd no you, time. Who did you pick in this one? I, I picked Fernandez. Oh, there we, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> there that's it is. really probably what it is. <laughs> Uh, there lies the rub. It's just Blada's game is so damn raw. Like it is yeah. so one it's, dimensional. It's all effort. Yeah, it's That's all moxie. effort. It's the moxie. It's yeah. She, she has the gusto. And I hate it. I hate <laughs> it down to my core, down to my soul. I will die on the Gabriela Fernandez Hill, and people will say, damn, that was stupid, but at least he's dead. And <laughs> <laughs> but it was you know i don't know that was my my moment of of scoring controversy where i'm willing to stand by i want to see the low kick scored over the top control without ground and pound in round one and then the ground and pound she had in round three was nice but she was getting tagged up all over the place in the first half of that round and it wasn't a great fight either no, it wasn't. It wasn't ne- not nearly a good enough fight for me to carry this deeply, but it also was not nearly a good enough fight for me to get flamed for like three hours straight for it. <laughs> no, Just I get that. When every comes, single it comes person. With the territory, though, it does. Know. It does. I can't. I can't actually be that mad. But got a bantamweight bout. Dan Argueta, Ronnie Lawrence. Now you want to talk about bullshit officiating? Yeah. yeah. I. I, you know, I still had to make fun of Dominic Cruz because you know that the moment he sees Keith Peterson screwing up, he's he's just salivating. He's like taking he photos. He calls him all nonsense. All, all nonsense, Keith Peterson. Yeah. <laughs> he's writing notes. He's like got a chapter in his book set aside. Whatever it is, Dominic Cruz, he is so horny for Chris Peterson or for Keith Peterson to be to be making <laughs> huge mistakes. <laughs> but man, did Keith Peterson fuck this up? I'm like, not even that mad at Keith Peterson. I mean, I'm not that mad at Keith. So, yeah. Like, first off, you have to err on the side of fighter safety. Period. This is a fucking sport. We'll start there. My problem is the fact that both of these guys were robbed of the opportunity of truly competing for their win bonus. Yeah. So my real problem lies with the UFC slash MMA pay structure. The show win money. You got a show and then you got to win to get the other half of your paycheck. And when shit like this happens, I mean, this is neither of their, they should both get their win money. And, and, and yeah, as far as I'm concerned, Oh, Although I will say, I am going to blame Lawrence just a tiny bit. Because, man, what are you doing out there with your hand hovering? Like, you're, you're, we're all waiting. The whole world is waiting for you to tap right there. God knows that you're about to tap, you know? (laughs) So, but he didn't. He didn't. He didn't. But, he really like he's uh, he uh, he has primed himself 
for that error. He primed himself for that error by being like, I'm here and tapping. Like, if you're going to fight the choke, fight the choke. Don't don't show me the tappy hand like, oh, here it comes. Here it, am I, I quitting? Know, am I quitting? He fought that fucking choke for a he long did, he time. Did. He did. And I don't once, once he was finally sunken into it, that's when he stopped squirming and stopped wiggling. It was like, oh, shit, I need to fucking just breathe. Yeah. And hand was up. Yeah. But, and and what the, what's messed up is, is you know, Peterson's checking on him. And Peterson goes in, takes a close look. He grabs his arm, Ronnie's yeah. arm. And when that happens, the, you know, they're making sure you're conscious. Yeah. And the fighter is supposed to provide resistance to yeah. let the ref know he's there. So... Lawrence did. He provided resistance, but when he did, it tapped yeah. right on Argueta, and then the referee's like, oh, that's a tap. It's over. I saw him tap. He tapped. It's over. And it's like, no, motherfucker. He was just... It's the uh, negative uh, energy from you pulling his arm. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pop this up, because I, I, that's what it is. <laughs> got, the, got the WWE. He's, he's reaching. He's mm. reaching. You're waiting. <laughs> it was it was good drama. It was good drama. Yeah, but th- it, it wasn't a tap though. That's no, that's it was not a tap. It so, was unfortunate. It's it's a, uh, definitely a, a referee mistake, a blunder. But we all have you know bad days at the office. You just talked about your Fernandez debacle. The, like things happen. We, we are know? not. None of us are without sin. It's just unfortunately, Correct. it's slightly more nonsense than advertised. Keith Peterson, True. you know. You told us it was no nonsense. There's that was nonsense. A little nonsense in that. <laughs> that that definitely was nonsense. But again, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate the player. I'm gonna hate the game. And okay, this yeah, this speaks to the pay structure. Yeah, like that's that's the moral of this story. It's the win and show money is is complete trash and needs to change because like they they might not be able to pay their bills after this shit. Hmm. All right, that brings us to the final the final fight of the card. Modestus Bukowskis, Zach Pauga. I scored this for Pauga. I don't really care. It was not a uh, good enough fight for me to feel like there was any real definitive thing one way or the other. I think Bukowskis looked a little surprised himself to have gotten that win, but it was it was a fine whatever fight. This this was a fine heavyweight fight that was yeah. at, at light heavyweight. At light heavyweight, they man, they were so clunky out there. Yeah, and honestly, one of the judges gave a thirty twenty seven. Yeah, that was the bad thing because Pauga clearly won the second round of that fight. Really clearly. Yeah. This was, uh, and it was just down to how do you score one and three, and I, you know, I thought okay maybe I give those to I give one of those to Pauga because he had, and it's also one of those things for me too where if you have a fighter get one round clearly, I'm always going to lean on the side of them getting the win because usually one uh, one clear round. Get you know that the odds if the other are, one is split, right, yeah, sure, they're not gonna both go for the other the other guy. But uh, yeah, this was not worth not worth the time and the energy that I would spend trying to make any more of, out of it or defend any part of it. Very 
Yeah, it was slop. Slow and sloppy. Like all right, well, let's spin it back up to the top here before we sign off real quick. Jared Cannonier, Marvin Vittori, great fight. I'm still buzzing. I'm still feeling the joy out of watching a fight like that, watching a guy like Jared Cannonier go out, harness his crystal energy, align his chakras, <laughs> you know, get his aura settled. And just harness an and harness his heavyweight um, eternalness. We'll say that's right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, absolutely. Just put a shit kicking on Marvin Vittori. Great, great performance from him. Great fight. I don't know how Vittori is that tough as he is, but makes me a lot more excited to watch the next hand near fight. Even at thirty nine, dude is put himself in a position where I'm like, yeah, I want to see this dude. I want to see him in other contender fights. I want to see him be at that contender level still. It it reignites the interest there. Oh, real quick. I got to, since I, I, I I said, I talked so much shit about the, the replay changing that knockout to a technical decision. I have to say that the, the video replay actually worked out in that Lawrence fight because originally it was going to be a submission loss for Lawrence, but they reviewed it and then they changed it to yeah. a decision. So, so in that did. instance, the, the video replay actually worked and helped out and was better for the sport. We didn't have to wait for this long appeal process, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So we should use that. All right. On that note, our Substack, check it out. Subscribe to that. We're going to jump right over and we're going to record some bonus content. To access the bonus content of this show, you must be a paid subscriber. To do that, go to bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com and subscribe today. Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Podcast production. Subscribe at bloodyelbowpodcast.substack.com. Give us your email and receive notifications when your favorite shows drop straight into your inbox. We're also found on a wide variety of podcast outlets. Just search for Bloody Elbow Podcast and you will get new shows throughout the week, including the MMA Bunker and MMA Tete-a-Tete shows with Kid Nate, the Level Change Podcast, the Hey, Not the Face Podcast, the MMA Vivisection main card and prelims UFC preview shows, the sixth round post-fight show, the Show Money podcast, and the MMA depressed us.